And so today we're going to be tackling, in about 20 minutes or so, the whole topic of spiritual warfare, uh, good and evil. So, wish me luck in 20 minutes or so, I will do what I can. But I don't know if you've ever stopped to consider kind of our world and the good and evil that we see around us. How is it that humans have the, the most amazing capacity for good, for generosity, for creativity, for sacrificial love and kindness and honouring, yet how is it also that humans have the ability to create unimaginable suffering and violence and sorrow and injustice against one another? We've only got to flick on the news in the past few weeks to see the unimaginable suffering in Ukraine right now that is the consequence of evil in our world. And we kind of go, how do these two things exist in our world? How is there good and evil? Where does it come from? How does it work? Why is it here? But it's not just an out there issue. I can look in my own life and I can see good and evil. I have an ability to be kind and generous and loving. And I also can be mean and rude and unkind and selfish especially to those who are closest to me. And I don't know if anyone else kind of feels like that. Sometimes you look at your own life and you're like, sometimes these things are true of me, and other times these things are true of me, and what's going on, and, and how is that true? Does anyone else live like that? Anyone else feel that tension in their own life? Anyone else feel the tension in their own life of that battling truth over lies? You have this internal battle in your mind to believe truth over lies, to live out a life of justice and righteousness over injustice. Do you ever feel that kind of tension? What's going on? What's the source of that? What's being caused by that? Well, we're going to find out today in this passage. And all I want to say to you today, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, one, you're so welcome here. It's great to have you with us. But secondly, we're going to be talking about the devil and the Satan and the demonic powers. And you might kind of be thinking, isn't this just something from a bygone era? Kind of, I thought we left that behind in medieval, you know, medieval world. We've kind of gone past the whole thing of, you know, the devil. You know, surely we've gone past that. I just want to say, please keep an open mind. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, all I ask is you keep an open mind as we explore the source of good and evil in our world and what that might mean for us as followers of Jesus. And the reality is, even in the church, even amongst Christians, it can be very easy to dismiss the devil and his schemes as something of a bygone era. Haven't we just kind of left that bit behind? And actually, in doing so, we don't honour what the Word of God has to say, and we don't honour the battle that we are in for our souls. And so my premise this morning is that each one of us has a battle for truth over lies, to believe right from wrong, that we feel torn inside at points, we don't know how to turn, but the Word of God has the answer to what we're looking for. Amen? So we're going to read this in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 10 to 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places." Evil, good and evil, evil is not just kind of some physical, biological process. The Bible says there are spiritual, unseen, supernatural forces of evil at play in our world and in our hearts. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. 
Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In kids' work this morning... We couldn't find a sword, so we're using a baseball bat for the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So we replaced the sword of the Spirit with the baseball bat. Just ask some of your younger kids a bit later. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I might declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Follower of Jesus, his vision for your life is that you stand firm to the end, that you fight the good fight of faith, that you, re- that you finish the race that he has for you, and in doing so, you receive the eternal crown of righteousness, which is laid up for you in heaven. That is Jesus's vision for your life. But there is an opposing force, not equal, the devil who wants to devour you, who wants to cause you to fall over, who wants to cause your faith to stumble, who wants you to believe lies over truth, and who wants you to destroy your faith, and he wants to destroy society. His goal is death, destruction, and despair of our souls and of our society. Jesus has a vision for your life, but there is an adversary, the devil, who wants to cause you to stumble and fall over and trip up and give up. And if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, unless you understand that we have an adversary, that there is a devil who is a real, intelligent, and powerful supernatural being who is at work to try and destroy your faith, then you will treat the Christian life as if it's a sunset walk on the beach rather than participating in the invasion of the kingdom of heaven and rather realizing that you are in the front line of a spiritual battle for your souls. Okay, the Christian life is not a walk in the park at sunset. It's not a stroll on the beach. It's to participate in the invasion of God's kingdom. It's a battle. You are on the front line of a battle. And it's only when we realize that do we realize we need to clothe ourselves in the kind of things that God gives us. Because you don't need armor in peacetime. You don't need weapons in peacetime. You merely can sit back and relax. But when you realize that you're in a battle for your soul and that there is an adversary who wants you to get you to give up and to trip up, that's when you realize you need to put on the things that God has given you to put on. Verse 11 tells us, put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The word schemes here literally means cunning art, trickery and deceit. Elsewhere in the Bible, the devil's described as being more crafty than any other creature in Genesis 3. He's described as being the father of lies in John chapter 8, and he's described as being the tempter in Matthew chapter 4. Based on what the Word of God says, and my own experience of his work in my life, he is a liar, he is very cunning, He is crafty, he is deceitful, and he's a tempter. That is who he is. And so his main tactics are this, 
to sow lies and deceit and temptation into your mind and into my mind that when they take root and when that leads to action actually results in destructive uh, actions and that destroys our faith and our souls. His main aim is to sow lies into your mind and into my mind. And because he's cunning and he's crafty and he's deceitful and he's full of trickery, he comes and he plays on deep emotional fractures and weaknesses in your heart. And he comes and he speaks things into you that actually can take root in your heart. He comes and speaks to you and says, don't you realize that God is withholding things from you that if he gave you, they're the things that would really make you happy. So he either plays on emotional fractures in your life or he plays on things that you consider to be the good life, the things that will make you ultimately happy happy. And he plays on those. And let me just personalize this for a moment. Let me just speak to my own experience. Inside my soul are deep emotional fractures and weaknesses, okay? And for me, I don't know where these have come from, but I have a deep need for approval and I have a fear of failure, okay? Deep inside of me, there is this emotional fracture of a fear of failure, and say, so, right, this is how the devil operates in my life. He comes along and he whispers, Al, you know that church that you're involved in leading? You know that bit of church life that you're responsible for? It's not going so great, is it? Why don't you just give up? Why don't you just give up? Maybe God didn't really call you. Maybe he didn't really speak you and call you into this. Why don't you just give up? And he plays into this fracture of my soul around the fear of failure. Because he knows it's there, and he comes, and he speaks into it, and he tries to widen that fracture. And if I let it take root in my heart, it will, it will destroy. It will bring despair. And I'm learning to fight this lie. Okay, but it's a lie that is there nonetheless, and I'm having to learn to fight this lie. Maybe that's not true for you. Maybe that's not what's root in your heart. Maybe for you, your view of the good life is money or sex or intimacy or power. And if I have those things, I'll be happy. And so the devil comes along and says, you want these things, don't you? You want these things. This will make you happy. This will make you contented. And he comes in those lines. Or maybe for you, there's some deep emotional fractures in your heart. When the enemy comes along and says, you're not worth anything. You know what? You're unlovable. You'll never amount to anything. God's withholding his best from you, don't you know? Your best days are behind you. Why not just give up? And he plays into these fractures of our souls because his aim is to bring destruction and despair. And we have to realize that we have an enemy who is crafty and cunning, and his aim is to sow lies into your mind and into my mind and deceit and trickery. I think we're ready for some good news. Jesus fought the devil and won. Yeah? We want some good news? His life, his death, his resurrection, he stood firm against the lies of the enemy. He triumphed over Satan and the demonic powers. He put them to open shame and he disarmed the power of the evil one. He came to destroy the devil's work to bind him up, and to set us free from the lies and deceit of the enemy. The devil is a defeated enemy. It's just going to be an image that comes up on the screen, hopefully. We got it? Tom and Jerry? There we go. Brilliant. Everyone loves a bit Tom and Jerry. Please don't get sucked into this kind of image of, of, of God and 
the devil. There's some kind of like co-equal force sitting on your shoulder. I'll do this. Don't do this. That is not how it works. The enemy is a defeated foe. And Jesus Christ, it says in Ephesians 1, is far above all rule and all authority and all power and all dominion and above every name that is named. Follower of Jesus, the devil has no claim on you, no authority over your life, and you don't have to succumb to the lies and deceit that he tries to play into your mind, which will lead to sorrow and despair. And one day... Jesus Christ will return to finish what he began, to finish what he did on the cross. That evil, the devil will be finished with, evil will be eradicated from all of God's creation and from our hearts. And in the meantime, we live between D-Day and V-E Day. We live between the decisive battle being fought and, and the ultimate victory that happens when Jesus Christ returns. And in the meantime, we have to fight against the schemes of the enemy. But thanks be to Jesus Christ, he has given us the equipment that we need to fight the evil one in this interim period. And what is it? It's the whole armour of God. He has given us what we need to fight. When it says here in verse 11, put on the whole armour of God, the imagery is of a well-dressed Roman soldier covered from head to toe in armour with all that he needs to fight the enemy. Everything that God has given you, it is sufficient to fight the lies of the evil one in your life. He has given you the whole armour. It is complete. It lacks nothing. It is sufficient to fight the lies of the evil one. It lacks nothing. We are simply called to use the equipment that Jesus has already won for us and he now offers to us. And we cannot fight the lies of the enemy, the deceit, the trickery, the temptations, without putting on the armor that God has so generously and graciously provided for us. If you want to stand firm, Christian, if you want to withstand the lies of the enemy in your life, if you want to live in freedom from his deceit, if you want to withstand temptation, then you must put on the armor that he offers. We cannot fight this battle alone. We are called to put on the equipment that he has so graciously given to us, to receive them, put them on, and then to put them into action. And what are these weapons? He's given us the truth of his word around our waists. He wants to cover our hearts again with righteousness and purity. He puts the gospel on our feet so that we can withstand the attacks and go on the offensive at proclaiming the gospel into an unbelieving world. He crowns us with salvation. He, cr he has crowned you with salvation. He has given us a shield to repel the lies of the enemy. I'm not talking here about a little kid's cardboard cutout shield. The imagery is of a Roman shield. They're about kind of four foot high, about two and a half feet wide, and they cover kind of like from the foot almost up to the chest. This massive shield to repel the lies of the enemy. That is the kind of shield of faith that God has given to you to withstand the lies of the enemy. And he's given us the sword of the Spirit, his word, to go on the offensive and to defeat the lies of the enemy in our lives. But let me tell you something about a soldier's armour. 
it's not that effective in a wardrobe. A soldier's armour is only as good as when they put it on and when they know how to use it. It is very clear from this passage that we actually have a responsibility. It's very clear in this passage that we have a responsibility. Verse 11, put on the whole armour of God. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armour of God. Verse 14, stand therefore, having put on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you could extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. Take and put on the helmet of salvation and put on the sword of the spirit. Do you get the picture here? We have a responsibility to put on and to take up and to pick up the armour that he has given us. This armour is no good just scattered all over the floor, waiting to be put on. We have a responsibility to pick it up, put it on, and to learn how to use it. I love um, how Eugene Peterson puts it in the message version. He says, Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn to apply them. You'll need them throughout your whole lives. We have a responsibility to clothe ourselves in this armor that he offers us and learn how to apply it. But how do we do that? How do we put on this spiritual armor? It's not physical. We don't look around going, yes, please, I'll pick that up. How do we put on this spiritual armor that God offers us? Well, let me tell you, we look to Jesus Christ, who is the perfect embodiment of the armor of God. In fact, in Isaiah 59, let me just find it quick. In speaking of Jesus coming many hundreds of years later, says this, he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. Jesus is the perfect fulfillment of the armor of God. He overcame the devil by speaking truth over lies. He lived a perfectly righteous and pure life. He brought the gospel. He brought salvation. His faith stood firm in the garden when he wept tears of blood in the face of temptation and in the face of going to the cross. And he wielded the word of God to overcome the lies and the deceit and the trickery of the enemy. Jesus Christ is the embodiment of the armor of God. And so if we want to learn to put on the armor, we've got to learn to become like Jesus Christ. We've got to learn to, to be like him and to become like him. We've got to learn to say, how did he live? What is, what is it about his life? And how do we therefore live like that? And we therefore, in, in that process, put on the armor of God. And let's just look as we come to land at how Jesus wielded this, the word of God. How did Jesus wield the word of God to overcome the lies of the enemy? And what does that therefore mean for us? In the wilderness, Matthew chapter 4, Three times the enemy comes to Jesus and tempts him with lies and deceit. And how does Jesus respond? Three times, it is written. It is written. Jesus had treasured the scriptures in his heart. He knew how to apply them to overcome the deceit and the lies of the enemy. To conquer lies with truth. To overcome the evil one, to become like Jesus and to win the victory over the enemy in our own lives, we need to set our minds on this book. 
We need to set our minds on Scripture, not just to be able to recite it, but to allow its truth to pulsate through our hearts, our minds, and our souls, to be like the psalmist who says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. If we want to fight the lies of the evil one, he has given us the very means by which we can do it, by taking up this wonderful book which contains the truth of who he is and who we are in him and wielding it effectively. Not just like this, but actually that it gets roots in our hearts and it starts to change our minds. That's what it means to get hold of the evil, of, of, the, of the word of God, sorry. The only way to counter the lies and deceit of the enemy is by using the word of God to overcome his deceit. I'm not sure you're convinced. There is no quick fix to fighting the devil. There is no silver bullet. There's no fancy, I've not come up with some new fancy method. I've come up with the oldest method, the method of Jesus that stood him pretty well in the face of temptation, which is the word of God. I don't have anything new to offer you today. I'm really sorry. If you're hoping for some new revelation, I don't have it. What I have is I want us to rediscover a love for the word of Jesus Christ. I want us to understand and to recapture an imagination and a hunger and a desire to get into this book and believe that the truth that it contains will counter the lies that we face day after day after day. You're not good enough. The word of God says this. No, you are good enough. You are chosen and called by his name. Okay, you need to understand it and let it pulsate through your mind, not just recite it, but let it get into you and soak in it and, and live it and believe in it. The average person in the UK spends 30 hours a week on t- watching TV, smartphones, tablets, which is 63 days a year, yet 55% of UK Christians never read the Bible. On average, therefore, half of us in this room, it's awkward, it's the enemy, it's the lies. <laughs> Therefore, half of us in this room on average, rarely, if ever, pick up the primary weapon that God has offered us to fight the lies of the enemy. How can we expect to fight the lies of the evil one if we don't use the weapon that he's given us? Do you know, when I'm tired, Amazon Prime looks far more appealing than the word of God. FIFA on the Xbox looks far more attractive. But let me tell you, I ain't going to fight the lies of the enemy by becoming a legend on FIFA. (laughs) I might become great at it. I'm not going to become a world champion, but I am not going to fight the deceit that exists in my life, the temptation that I have to face up to day by day by the latest series on Amazon Prime or by hours and hours on FIFA. That's my confession. I spend more time playing FIFA than I do reading the Word of God. Okay, that's my confession to you. I'm not standing here as someone who's qualified. I'm standing here as one who wants to learn together. How can I expect to fight the lie of the enemy about fear of failure or temptation to sin or pride or anger or lust if I don't read his word and carry it in my heart that I may not sin against him? And my cry to us today is that we need a revolution in our community of a love for the word of God. A rediscovery that we counter lies through the truth that he has given us. I'm convinced of this. 
It's only when you realize you're in a battle do you know you have to do something about it. And many of us live like we're not in a spiritual battle. And so therefore, we don't feel the need to do anything about it. And the more I thought on this, the more I'm like, man, there is a battle for my soul. There is an enemy who wants me to fall over, who wants to cause me to despair, who wants to destroy my faith, who wants to devour me. But praise be to Jesus, his vision for my life is that I stand firm to the end. And he has given me all that I need. And my provocation to myself and to us today is to consider how are we using the weapons that he has given us to fight the good fight of faith. Just mull on it this week. How are we using the weapons that he has given us to fight the good fight of faith? Are you weary in your life of believing lies over truth? Are you worn out? Are you tired of the constant internal battle and narrative that you play out? Are you worn out by pursuing things other than Jesus that you think will make you happy, only to realize they don't offer the happiness that you thought they did? Are you tired of ways of living that actually are destructive, habits and relationships? Then we need to understand that we're in a battle. And Jesus offers us the equipment to fight this battle, to fight the lies and the deceit and the trickery of the devil who wants you to fall over and stumble and give up. The armor that he offers, truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, salvation, faith, the word of God is sufficient and complete to enable you to fight against the schemes of the evil one, to stand firm, to hold your ground, to keep the faith, to finish the race, and having done all, to stand firm. We have what we need, church. It's time to pick it up. It's time to put it on. It's time to learn to apply the armor of God. Amen? Amen. And I just want to close really this morning by just praying for us and just giving us to God and saying, God, when you come and do a revolution in our hearts. Actually, there are some of you here and you know you're facing, you know you're battling lies. That's probably all of us. Actually, God says today, take up and put on the armor. And it will take years of practice. This is no quick fix. It's going to take years of practice. Coming to him today, God, help me to put on your armor. Help me to wield the word of God. Help me to pray at all times. Help me to pick up the shield of faith today and to apply it in my life. So can I just invite you, if you're comfortable, to stand. just want to close by praying for us.